A different future starts with you. That's why GoDaddy does more than help you find a name. You can create, sell, and get found online so any small business can make a change. We need a new generation of thinking. Your way of thinking. Start different at GoDaddy.com. If you've recovered from COVID-19 or unknowingly been exposed to it, you may have antibodies that could help COVID-19 patients. Donate blood and receive testing for COVID-19 antibodies. Visit Vitalant.org today. This is an ode to Napa cabbage. Of all the cabbages on all the cabbage farms, only you have the crisp crunch worthy of our Bibigo Korean dumplings. No other cabbage would do, because no other cabbage tastes like you. We love you, Napa cabbage. Just don't tell Green Onion. Napa cabbage, one of many obsessively crafted ingredients in every hearty, flavorful Korean dumpling from Bibigo. Go handcrafted. Go Bibigo. Authentic Korean dumplings now in the freezer aisle. It's episode 21 of Confessions of a Marketer, and we're talking funding and marketing. I'm Mark Reed Edwards. Welcome back to Confessions of a Marketer. This time I'm talking with Garnet Harriman about all the issues surrounding funding and marketing. We'll get to that discussion in a moment. Next week, we have the return of Ben Afia to chat about cutting the crap in our writing, another deep subject. Lots more to come over the coming weeks, so stay tuned. So, funding and marketing. Garnett Harriman is a renowned investor based in New York. He started his career in marketing, so he has an appreciation for it. I wanted to find out the role marketing should play in securing funding. So I knew he'd be the one to turn to. And let's get to that discussion now. Garnett Harriman, it's great to have you here on Confessions of a Marketer. Welcome. Thank you. Early on, it seems like everyone in a company, whether they know it or not, is a marketer. In fact, companies going through the product market fit exercise are doing marketing, even though they might think they're doing some kind of business school exercise. So I guess here's my question. How well-formed does marketing have to be early in the life of a company? So my thoughts on this are fairly conflicted. So, but I, <laughs> but I, but I do think at the other end of the, the conflictedness, there, there is some clarity. So let me, let me explain what I mean by that. On the one hand, I do believe it's, it's super important to be flexible and, and, and to be prepared for discovery and, and pivots and all the other stuff that people talk about with early stage ventures. And you know, a lot of changes happen between friends and families, you know, seed round and, and like a proper institutional series A round, a lot of change. Sure. So that's cool. That's one side of the, the conflict <laughs> that, that I feel and sort of experience. The other side is this. I believe that every iota of product development, technology development should be done with a very keen eye towards the brand messaging that will come out of it. Right. By that, I mean, there literally should be a one-to-one correlation between your feature benefits stack, right? What does it do? Why does it do it? How does it do it? And the brand messaging that I'd like to have when it's time for thinking about how do, how do I get this in the hands of the customers? Right. That makes sense? Yeah. So seeking funding you know, is a massive marketing effort in itself, right? You're really talking about yourself as a company uh, constantly, and that is a marketing effort. And it may be the most critical marketing a young company does, because if it doesn't do it well, it doesn't survive, right? So for a company 
seeking funding, when is the right time to bring in a marketer? And I, I don't want to be, be sure I understand the question. So is it, is it when do I bring in a marketer in general for the operations and the, and the sales of the, our product or our offering? Or is it when do I bring in a marketer to... Uh, you know, create the investor collateral. Well, I guess I guess you could go out and you know hire a freelancer to do the collateral. I guess I guess what I'm asking is, as a member of the team, sure. when is the right time to bring in a marketer who can be you know a strategic pillar of the company? Sure. Okay. So wish list, sort of ideal perspective, and then like the real world perspective. Sure. Who takes on this? Wishlist perspective is that, you know, you look at a founding team and everyone's background and profiles and resumes and experience base and knowledge base falls into nice, neat verticals. <laughs> and, you, and you have a, you know, you have a, you have a technical founder, you have a, a marketing genius, you have, a, I don't know what to call it, a growth hacking or a revenue, right. you know, czar, et cetera, et cetera, right? You know, the, the rea reality is that teams come together randomly, you know, based on things like, you know, university or an incubator or, you know, their uncles did business together or their grandparents did whatever. And, you know, what happens in real life then is that basically everyone is sort of a, um, I, I don't know if the term is MacGyver or a jack of all trades or, or Jill of all trades, you know, trying to be non-sexist in my, in my verbiage. And that's, that's more the reality of what you see. And as a, not only a, an investor, but as a mentor, as a coach, as an advisor, compensated or otherwise, you know, the things that I try to do is pretty much elicit the, the marketing inputs right. from the folks who seem more inclined or more experienced, you know, from that founding team. It's very rare to actually, in, in, in my experience, you know, to see like a, a really well-rounded team that actually has someone who fits neatly into that, that marketing vertical. Right, right. So I think, um, you know, the, the, the question you were asking, was, was it more about everyone needing to do marketing stuff or, or, about, um, or about when in the cycle do you get it? I, um, I, I wasn't 100% sure, you know, how to, how to wind this one up. You know, when do you hire a marketer who's part of the strategic team? Right. And with that specific set of responsibilities, with those two things in mind about how you know how things fall out, you know, wish list versus reality, I would tend to co-locate that with the beginning of sort of customer acquisition, and that that could be in as early as a paid pilot. It could be you know the beginning of actual customer acquisition and onboarding, you know, or or just slightly antecedent to that. Yeah. And you know, at a certain point when you finish building a product or a technology or a set of tools or what have you. You know, you, you kind of need to put your marketing brain on and start thinking about some coherent, you know, plan to get those foundation customers, uh, keep them and ex expand. Yeah. I, I would actually co-locate it right around the end of pro product development, tech development and the beginning of true customer acquisition. So do VCs look skeptically at a firm with too much of a marketing operation or do you look at it and appreciate the effort? I, and I want to make sure I'm understanding. So, is is this more about the expenditure, or more about the the the, the effort? Because yeah. so, so, you know, in early stage companies, you can actually separate the two. In in some cases, I guess it's both. So, as an investor, I really tend to be very very skeptical about spending too much marketing money too soon. That said, 
one of the you know one of the the most valuable currencies in in my world you know between zero and, and a few million in revenue that weird wide you know brave new world one of the the most interesting currencies is basically novel marketing right tactics and novel customer acquisition tactics i, I give you a real world example without without naming the company of course yeah. so you know in some in, during 2017 i probably looked at maybe 50 to 60 chatbot <laughs> companies invested in none actually which is, but it was very close to investing in this one and they they had gotten pretty far on you know maybe 100 150,000 bucks they built something had a team in place you know they actually fell somewhat neatly into those verticals you know technical marketing revenue development that sort of stuff and when asked how they had done their foundation marketing to get, you know, the first whatever thousand customers, they, they had come up with this plan where this, this was a ticketing chatbot. They sold, they sold tickets. They automated the process of selling tickets using their chatbot uh, for live events like music. Mm -hmm. They had come up with this scheme where basically they were, they were on Craigslist and they, they, they had legitimately bought a couple of tickets to the, to the event that they were trying to use their chatbot, you know, get customers to use their chatbot for. And they represented themselves as selling these tickets. And then in the process of having those dialogues with prospective buyers, they casually noted in, in the back and forth emails that there was this other service and it was their service <laughs> that, that could help them with these sorts of purchases in the future. So it was just on the legal side of bait and switch. <laughs> and uh, I, I, you know, you can hear in my voice, I was, yeah. I had I had to chuckle over you know how cost efficient you know the for the cost of a couple of tickets they were you know acquiring in some cases hundreds of customers yeah. you know around these specific events that they had bought tickets for and 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 sort of recruiting them to their to their chatbot I was like, I was very very impressed and it's it's that kind of thing that I think everyone in my position as investors can really appreciate because it speaks to the you know, and the, the fancy term would be capital efficiency, right? How efficiently they're going to use money going forward. COVID-19 patients need your help. If you've fully recovered from COVID-19 or unknowingly been exposed to it, you may have the antibodies that could help COVID-19 patients recover. Donate blood and receive testing for COVID-19 antibodies. Visit Vitalant.org today to schedule an appointment to donate blood. That's V-I-T-A-L-A-N-T dot org. Help save lives and schedule your appointment at Vitalant.org. You could help save lives. So this question may be related. So when you're evaluating an investment, where do you rank marketing in order of importance? I, I guess it varies, and I guess it varies based on the stage, the type of company, and all that. But yep. is it something you think of when you're, you know, with one of these chatbot investments? Did you think, well, how the heck are they going to market it? Or, oh, that's how they're marketing it. Yeah, no, it's a little bit of both. Um, and I, I'm glad you did that segmentation by, by round. So, you know, for friends and family all the way up to seed rounds, I personally don't spend a lot of time analyzing, you know, the potential value or the efficacy of, of, of a marketing regime, except to the extent that it's intuitive to me anyway, as an outsider, mm -hmm. that they've done that matching effort between the actual product development and then the brand messaging that they'd like to achieve yeah. eventually, right? You know, and, and in the best of all worlds, they've created something, they've, they've spent their hard-earned money or their parents' hard-earned money or someone else's hard-earned money 
on you know building something that actually speaks immediately, innately, intuitively to that brand messaging that they're going to achieve eventually. That would be great. Later on, you know, as you approach like a late seed or a, a seed extension, or and, and you're getting closer and closer to Series A, I think um, it becomes very, very important, and it becomes very important. For I would argue, in, in order of priority, for for two reasons. Well, one is about that brand messaging, and and if 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 you're not getting a good sense that these folks know their brand messaging and know the brand story and the key elements that they want to tell as you approach Series A, that's not really a good thing. Right. Um, it's not. Right. It, it's not that it's not fixable, but it's not really a good thing. And then obviously the the the, the super important piece is going to be about the presence of some sort of marketing framework that speaks to customer acquisition, onboarding, you know, long-term customer yeah. value, right? Um, yeah, I, I would argue that that's actually the, why I rank them in order of you know branding and customer acquisition. I, I would I would argue customer acquisition is actually a little bit more mechanical and therefore a little bit more fixable. You know, if you screw up your brand messaging, right, that's just not good. All right, I think we've covered marketing. How about leaving a few pieces of advice for companies looking to go get funding? Sure. It's going to be very non-technical and, and it's, you know, actually, in a very real sense, not really marketing focused. So my overwhelming advice after 25 years of doing this is to find the balance in your human relationships mm -hmm. <laughs> between being coachable, because there are, you know, there are a lot of people out here in first or second companies and they're, they're pretty inexperienced in some ways, you know, so being coachable to the folks around you who are, you know, either advisors, mentors, uh, investors, right. without losing your sense of decisiveness. Because I do believe that, you know, entrepreneurs are, are breed apart and, you know, they need to be able to be true to their guts and their instincts and, and to, you know, maybe, you know, learn by doing and learn by failing, learn by succeeding. So I think it's uh, my advice is, is to find that balance between coachability and, uh, I don't know, stubborn entrepreneur <laughs> decisiveness. That's great advice. Hey, th this was a really interesting discussion, interesting perspective on marketing in the world of kind of getting money. And I really appreciate you being a guest here on Confessions of a Marketer, Garnett. Hey, thanks so much. I really appreciate being on it. This is a, this is a fun dialogue and uh, I'm excited to be part of it. Great distillation of the issues from Garnett. I really want to thank him for being my guest. Hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Next time, Ben Afia on Cutting the Crap in Marketing. Lots more to come as well, so stay tuned. This episode of Confessions of a Marketer was written, produced, and edited by yours truly. T. Jordan of A-Class Productions wrote the theme music. Confessions of a Marketer is a trademark of Reed Edwards Global Inc., and this episode is copyright 2018. I'm Mark Reed Edwards. See you next time. stay home for the greater good. Secondhand smoke doesn't. It drifts through cracks in walls, 
air vents and sink drains, spreading toxic chemicals that can damage lungs. Secondhand vape also puts your lungs at risk, even with the fruity smells. Protect yourself and the people around you from these secondhand dangers. Learn how at tobaccofreeca.com.